Hello, hello. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing this morning? Who's, uh, who's excited? Or, yeah, this afternoon. Um, Merry Christmas. Who's excited? Merry Christmas, Christmas, everybody. Let's all stand and uh, get ready to praise God. I'm going to need you guys to get these hands clapping. Come on. These first two songs, um, I'm going to need a little bit of help on these two. While shepherds kept, oh, while shepherds kept their watching, or silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere.
afternoon, everybody.
song that is awesome. A uh, little fun fact, guys. I, back in the day, in junior high school, I marched in a German bugle corps. So I'm out over here. I'm like ready to get my flag out and start moving it. So, all right. Welcome, everybody. So those of you that might be like, okay, so what else do you do around here other than march on the side? Uh, I'm Pastor Gabrielle. I'm Pastor Bob's wife. And we are so blessed and honored to have you with us here on Christmas Eve. I love seeing people here in person. We love our people that are watching online. We know that for some of you guys, that's the right choice. But those that are here in person, it gives us energy. And we just love it so much. So thank you. If you are newer to Discover, we have these little connect cards as you walk in. I'm like frantically handing them out as people were walking in. If I missed you, make sure you get one of these because you can turn it in to the coffee shop for a free coffee or tea. If you're watching online, I put a little something in the chat board there so that you can know how you can let us know if you're new. Um, And then if you're local, we can absolutely hook you up with free coffee or tea as well because the coffee shop is open during the week, Monday through Saturday, 8 to 3, and then Sundays during services. And this is a way for us to treat you for helping us out by letting us know how you found us and then giving you the opportunity, if you have any questions about Discover, what kind of classes we do, how the service structure is, uh, what we do on the, during the week, You can ask those questions and we'll respond to that so that you can be in the loop and know what's going on. But thank you again. That's just so, so, so wonderful to have you guys here. I'm not going to really do announcements, announcements. Other than that, we're going to pray over the offering. I just want to remind everybody that we're at end of year giving. So if there's anything that you want to give to count for 2020, make sure that that makes it into the church uh, by 1231. So just have that in mind there. This has been... Wow, like so many firsts this year, so many things that I have always said, oh, that, I would never, I would, yeah, you would, these (laughs) things happen, and uh, a lot of things that we didn't see coming, you know, this this last year, and through God's grace and mercy and his miraculous uh, abilities, we've been able to continue as a church every weekend, we've been able to expand our online presence for those that feel like they need to be at home and they might have compromised uh, immunities or issues that make it a better choice because we want it to be a good experience for them as well. And you guys have been so incredibly faithful and generous. And we just ask that you continue to just pray to God because your giving is between you and God. And you just continue to pray about that, what you would want to give, how you would want to partner with us, because we have done some amazing things through God this year, even with all of the craziness. And we would love for you to partner with us ongoing to continue to do that work, to be the hands and feet of Christ, and to be that light shining in the darkness. So let's lift that up to the Lord. God, thank you so much for the amazing work that you do every day. And thank you for letting us be part of it. We just know that you bring people in and out of our sphere of influence so that we can touch them, so that we can be the light of Christ, so that they can get to know you, God. Because having you with us during times like this makes all the difference, makes all the difference. And we just ask that you take our tithes and our offerings and continue to supernaturally grow them. And we promised, Lord, we promise to be obedient and bold and walking out in what you ask of us. We love and we praise you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. All right. And now get ready for a really fun uh, Christmas Eve service with a few changes. All right. How you guys doing today? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm so excited for this. All right. Who's excited for Christmas? Who's excited for service to be over to see if you can catch the last door before they close? No. Good. Good. That was a test. You're all in the right place. Hey, welcome, everyone. I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to see uh, old friends that I haven't seen in a long time. See your faces again. Some new friends coming in. You out there online, I love you guys. Um, it is amazing to get to gather together. And so many churches are not able to gather together right now in person. This is something we get to do, and it is a blessing that I am not taking for granted. So thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you give us. Amen. I like this time of year, I like talking to people and finding the different ways that they celebrate Christmas. I bet if we took a poll, there would be people who open presents tonight. There'd be people who open them tomorrow. There'd be people who open them once a day the week leading up to. There's a million different ways to celebrate Christmas. And all over the world, we know that people are celebrating Christmas too. Maybe some already have because of the time change. Some will later. But most of them have one thing in common. They typically include family and friends. Family and friends gathering together to share in just a time of, of hopefully focusing ourselves on what the season is about. But it almost always includes opening presents, eating way too much food, these are all things that are typical components of no matter how you do it, you probably include some of those things. One of the things, though, that frequently gets overlooked is the very reason why we celebrate Christmas. Well, we see the things where we say, Jesus is the reason for this season. We all know that, but it's so easy to lose track of that in the midst of everything that's going on. And so as we look forward to opening gifts tomorrow or tonight, whatever your tradition is, um, we have to remember that the most precious gift ever given came in the form of a tiny, unassuming little baby born in, in an inconvenient place at an inconvenient time to unlikely parents. There was nothing about the birth of Jesus that looked like what the world was expecting. A world at that point, as now, in chaos, desperately in need of a savior. But when the baby Jesus came into this world, a world anticipating the birth of a Messiah, most were unequipped and unable to recognize that gift when it came and completely unprepared. That's why we focus on Christmas, to make sure that our hearts are prepared for what lies ahead. So this is the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, if you've been coming here for a while, this is going to be an entirely different service for you. It's not going to flow. It's not going to look like we've got a lot more worship. It's going to be fun. When we get to the songs, if you want to stand up and worship, you can. If you want to sit in your seats and worship, you can do that too, whatever you're comfortable with. Now, if this is your first time here, then this is just our service. I don't have to explain how it's different. <laughs> But it is different, and it's different in a good way. Let's talk about the story of Christmas. 
700 years before the very first Christmas day, the people of Israel were under attack by a fierce enemy. Jerusalem was surrounded and seemingly without a chance against a much bigger and much more fierce army. And the people were afraid. Ahaz, their king, and by all accounts, an evil man, begins desperately plotting a way to stay alive and, if possible, to stay in power, though he sees few options. He's tried everything he knows, and things seem hopeless. The armies outside the walls menace. But God has made a covenant with the, with the people of Israel. He will not allow the house of David to fall. The prophet Isaiah receives a call from God to relay a message to King Ahaz, a message of hope. I, the Lord your God, will deliver you, and your enemies will not prevail. The book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 7, Thus says the Lord God, It shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. But, the Lord says, you must trust in me. Isaiah 7, verse 9, If you will not believe, you surely shall not last. In fact, it goes on to say, If you will not believe this prophet, I'll give you a sign. Go ahead and ask. I'll show you. Isaiah chapter, uh, chapter 7, verse 11 says, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Make it as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Now Ahaz refuses to test the Lord. Not out of respect, but out of pride. He's the king of Judah. He will figure this out somehow. And since Ahaz has refused help, the Lord chooses a sign for him though Ahaz will not live to see it fulfilled. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. God, our fortress and deliverer, will not force himself on those who reject him. He will make another way to try and convince a stubborn, prideful, and sinful people that they should accept his offer. That way, that way is Jesus Christ, Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. So today the preparations are complete. Our hearts are ready and full with expectation, anticipation, as we celebrate tomorrow, a promise fulfilled, a destiny begun, the greatest gift ever given, a Savior is born. This is the story of the birth of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel. Imagine, you're an average person on an average day, and all of a sudden, the Almighty God sends his messenger to you. Here's what that messenger said to Mary. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. 
Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of the Lord, for the word of God will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. As I pondered this passage, I tried to put myself in Mary's shoes, or I, I tried to think, actually, I was thinking, like, what, what made God decide to choose Mary, that particular Mary? And maybe it was something about her character, even at her young age, that God chose her to bear the Son of God. Was it gentleness and humility, a quiet spirit? She never argued. Or was maybe, was she a tomboy and she had a lot of grit and she just, you know, could handle all those gossipers that would gossip about her and she could handle that long journey all the way to Bethlehem, nine months pregnant. Whatever it was, God knew she was the one. And God knows you. You are built with certain traits that you may not even realize you have yet. Neither did I, and neither did Mary. So though you may feel average or lack the qualities to be used by God for a special purpose, trust, know that he knows you better than you know yourself, and see what he can do through you. Sleep in heavenly peace. 
Holy 
Chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, <coughs> David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with them Mary, to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. When I read this scripture, I am struck by the fact that God... Um, used an ungodly leader and a census that essentially involved the entire world to ensure that two people, Joseph and Mary, got to a particular place in Bethlehem at a particular time for the birth of their son, Jesus, to fulfill the prophecy of the promise of God. He worked something so unlikely so inconvenient. He worked it not only for their good, but for our good, for his purposes. And then I look at where we are today in the middle of a worldwide event that has brought out the best in some and the worst in others. And that there are so many unscrupulous people that we have to deal with as we are trying to make our way through this time and then I remind myself what God did then. He's modeled it in the Bible for us to show us that he can do that now. His promises are the same. He is faithful. He can use anything that is happening anytime to accomplish his purposes and for our good. So the worship team's gonna play another song. And during that time, I want you to take a moment and reflect on what this last year has looked at, looked like for you. And try to find that nugget that God has put there to birth a miracle in your life. And remind yourself that those miracles aren't supposed to stop with you. They're supposed to go beyond your life into the lives of those around you. Because we're supposed to reflect the goodness and the glory of the Lord and we can do that. We can be that because God has chosen us. And how amazing is that gift? He is faithful. No matter what else you ever hear, remember, he is faithful. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him.
reading out of Luke 2, 8 through 14. In the same region, there was some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For, in to, for today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. So undoubtedly, this is one of the greatest two moments in human history. We have the birth of Christ, and then, of course, the crucifixion and our salvation. Um, the thing that struck me is God didn't send an angel to a king or the kings or the authorities or the upper class or, or the people that had it all together. He sent an angel to the shepherds out in the fields doing their jobs, Shepherds weren't the most, you know, wealthy people. They were doing their jobs. They're out at night. It's dark. It's not like Denver dark. It's, it's in the mountains, in the forest, dark. You can hardly see your hand in front of your face. And, and all of a sudden, an angel shows up, and it's the glory of God around him. And then not just an angel, but heavenly hosts appear also. And can you imagine the spectacle? I can't imagine what that would look like. And, and they're just standing there in awe. They, so they go from the darkness to this light. And, and what struck me was, it gives you hope. There's hope in that. So right now, all I have to say is 2020, right? There's been a lot of stuff. Pandemic. Um, how people have lost loved ones, relationships have been strained or broken. Um, what about Christmas? It's not going to be the same. We're not going to. We're not going to be like with family the way we have in the past. You know, and and things just aren't normal. They're a lot different. But the thing is, is that we need hope. We still need to cling to that. The scripture hasn't changed. The message behind the scripture hasn't changed. We still have that hope. We have that hope in Christ. And as long as we focus on him and what he has for us, we have that hope. And we can always have that hope. So I just ask you, focus on him during this time. While we're celebrating his birth, we're celebrating his hope and the hope that we have in him. So I just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a happy birthday to our Lord and Savior.
right, and so Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 20. Uh, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So you can imagine Mary in this time in Bethlehem, things were um, a little crazy, things were going on with the census and a lot of things going on in her time as well. Um, but for her to step back and to be able to ponder those things that she had heard and seen in her heart and treasure those things um, just makes me really want to be intentional and really remember to step back and think about even though here we are in this crazy time that God has given each one of us promises and words that have come true or that are coming true and to just step back and remember those things um, during this time of year. Um, it was a crazy time then and it's crazy now. And I think generation after generation, there's always been crazy times, but this has felt different for so many. Um, so we just need to remember to take the time to reflect and ponder and treasure in our hearts what it is that God has told us and those promises that have come true. Um, the Bible also teaches us that um, that we were created for a time such as this. So even though all these things are happening, we were built for this. And so to remember those things that God has put in you and so that you can go and be a blessing to others and to just allow him to use you during this time because you're made for it. Amen. <laughs>
stuff, huh? This is awesome. Uh, no worries, no ladders, no harnesses, no fear of falling into the drum cage. If you know what I'm talking about, go back two weeks and watch some crazy pastor that managed to fall into the drum cage. It's a hit, I'm sure. I get to talk about the wise guys, oh, wise men, sorry. Um, uh, this comes out of the book of Matthew chapter 2. Uh, starting in verse 1, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so I can, may go and worship the him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Such a great story, and I'm sure a lot of us have heard the story of the wise men before. A lot of debates about whether they're actually there in the nativity scene or were they a little bit later. There's a lot of debate about was there three, six, 15, or however many. That's not for this message. But when I read this story, I like to dig a little deeper, and maybe it's just how my brain works because I'm a little bit weird, but I like to understand the whole story. Yeah, that was funny, so you can laugh. It's okay. I like there's three main players in the story of the Magi, if you will, or main characters. There's Herod. So he also knew the star. He saw the star. He was probably wise a little bit. He probably knew what the prophet said. If he didn't, the people told him that said, hey, there's going to be a ruler born. And so he mustered up his best, quote, religion and said, hey, go find him because I want to worship him too. Could be nothing but further from the truth. Then there was a story of everybody else in Jerusalem. Do you ever think about those people? Everybody else probably saw the star too. What did they do? What were they thinking? Did anyone else go and find Jesus? doesn't say in scripture. We see a bunch of shepherds and we see a bunch of wise men go, but it doesn't say anything else. They were too busy in the census. They were too busy in Christmas 
Someone hear that. Thank you. <laughs> See, I, was, I got a minute left, and I was waiting for you to say that, and I'm going to be over because you were late. <laughs> and then there was the Magi. They were the ones, right? They, they once traveled afar. They saw the star, and they were intrigued by it. They knew the scripture. They were smart, and they wanted to go see this thing. My encouragement to you... My encouragement to you this Christmas, maybe it's tonight, maybe it's tomorrow morning, maybe it's after everyone leaves and you're done wrapping up all the gifts. Where's God leading you? Where's your star? And follow it. Follow it to the baby. Follow it to Jesus. Take some time this Christmas to find the star. Be like the Magi. Go worship Jesus. Amen. These men, these wise men, these magi had traveled so far to see the birth of this baby. This baby that they, they were pagans. That wasn't the promised Messiah to them. That Messiah was promised for someone else. But they were wise enough to recognize truth when they saw it. They were wise enough to recognize the fulfillment of promises when they saw it. And so they had to travel there to see now we know, again, from Pastor Craig's section, we know that Herod told them, go find this baby and report back to me. He said so that he could worship him, but the point was that he could then go and eliminate this threat to his power. And so an angel speaks to the Magi in a dream, and they leave. They don't go back, and they don't tell Herod. They, in fact, go back home where they came from taking what they had seen with them. But at the same time, another word from the Lord comes to Joseph, and that is, you need to get out of where you are. You need to flee right now, because Herod is going to find out, and he will kill this child, this Christ. So they flee. The very last scene in the video, you see them. They, they pack up everything again after very shortly after having given birth, we don't know if it was a year, two years, it, it, it varies on what people think. But the point is, it was still a baby Christ. And they took off across the desert again, and they fled back to Egypt. Egypt, this place where ironically, thousands of years before, was a place of slavery, a place of captivity, a place of misery, for the people of Israel. And that place, they had been constantly praying for deliverance, praying that someone would save them from that captivity. Someone would deliver them. And that person in their time was Moses, who led them out of that place. But it's so ironic that that place now has become a place of freedom, a place of safety, a place of refuge against the wrath of Herod. See, often we apply this to, their, to our lives. We see things that aren't working out the way we had hoped as punishment, as, as a, a sidetrack, a diversion from really what our plans in life are, maybe a waste of time. Who thinks 2020 has been a waste of time? It's easy to think that. 
And we might think this, this frustrating lack of progress is just, um, again, it's a waste of time. It's a, it's a year lost. I've heard many, many people saying that. But what we see in that way can be something that God sees as a way to prepare us for what he has for us. It's not wasted. Nothing is wasted in the kingdom of God. Nothing is evil triumphing in the world. God uses all things, and he promises to use all things for the good of those who trust in him. And he will use times like this, times like that, everything for our good. In order to fulfill his plans for you, God will move heavens and earth, as we've heard, heard Pastor Gabe talk about. If it were up to us, we would look at the book of our lives. How many of you, if I gave you the book of your life, start to finish, would skip straight to the end? I know I would. I often do this with, with regular books. I'll take it and I'll look at the end and I'll see if it ends the way I want it to end before I invest all my time reading the rest of the book. Because if it doesn't end the way I think it should, then why even go there? Or you watch a movie and it ends like, that's not the way that's supposed to end. But if we all were able to, if we were all given this power to skip to the end of the book of our lives, we'd jump right to the fun parts. And we would look at all the chapters that didn't work out the way we had thought that it should or the way we hoped that it would, and we would just skip those. And more often than not, we'd get it wrong. We would skip over those things, those times in our life that God is using to prepare us for what he has for us. In fact, since the time way back when the very first man drew his very first breath, it was obvious that we were destined to fall short of perfection at every opportunity we were ever given. In fact, if perfection was what it took, if perfection was necessary in order to receive the prize of our spot in eternity, walking with the Lord either in the cool of the garden or in heaven on streets of gold, if perfection is what it took to get there, we were all doomed. Temptation in the form of lies, deception, quick and easy gratification of our earthly desires was everywhere. Satan offers that to everybody all the time. Satan, a rebellious and fallen angel of God, works tirelessly, tirelessly to thwart the plans of God. And he's going to catch a lot of people in his snare. If God's chosen people, the nation of Israel, were falling short, what chance did the rest of us have? As the Apostle Paul put it, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So there has to be a way. There has to be a way to reconcile God's righteousness with his infinite mercy. And not just for the Jews, but for everyone. Whether we're fighting against an enemy that we can see, the one right in front of us that we all want to rail against, or an unseen one, we need someone to fight for us because we are not able to do it on our own. When the devil points his accusing finger at you, you need an advocate. 
when we're surrounded and out of options, just like King Ahaz, the story at the beginning, God asks us to trust him. And that's the choice we all need to make. When we trust him, he promises that he will make a way. He always has and he always will. That way is Jesus Christ, born in the spirit to the Virgin Mary, heralded by angels, shepherds, and kings as savior of the world who was born of the flesh to live among us, born to be our high priest, interceding on our behalf, born as a sacrificial lamb for our sins, and born to destroy the works of the devil and deliver us from slavery. Jesus himself, much later, said this in John, the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now, the nation of Israel, um, God's original covenant people, at least those who would have recognized Jesus as the promised Messiah, they might have heard that and thought that applied to Jews only. They would have been right to think that from the beginning of time. Their scripture had taught them that concept. But the good news of salvation through Jesus is offered to all people. To all people. Again, the Apostle Paul, writing to the Romans in chapter 3, verse 22, says, This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. And church, that is great news for all of us. That is great news. That news, that great news, that's what the core of the good news of great joy announced to the shepherds all those years ago. That cold, dark night, that is at the core of that. The word made flesh to live among us full of grace and truth, living a perfect and sinless life destined to pay a terrible price on the cross to deliver us from ourselves, to purchase for you the gift of eternal life and peace with God. That gift bought with pain and suffering is freely offered to you if you choose to accept it. Like King Ahaz, the solution can be right in front of you, but through pride or reluctance or thinking we can figure it out, we will often say no to that lifeline when it's given to us. When we open our gifts tonight or tomorrow or whenever it is, whenever your tradition is to open those gifts, Think about what gift freely given to you could possibly compare with that offer. If you have never accepted the gift of salvation offered by Jesus Christ, he invites you, I invite you to do that now. Whether you're here in the building, you're out online, whenever, wherever you are watching this, this isn't a one-time offer. He will offer it again and again and again as often as necessary because he wants you. He wants you who you are, where you are, with your baggage. He wants your heart. One of the biggest tricks of the devil is that he convinces people that they need to get their act together. Get your stuff together and then come to Jesus. That's not what he asks. In fact, it's much easier than that. 
You can come to him with all your baggage and he'll take care of it. The book of Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. If you've been around church a long time, you've heard this before. If not, this may be news to you because it's so much easier than we're going to make it out to be. This is what the Apostle Paul says it takes to be saved through Jesus. It says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Now, at the time he wrote that, confession was a dangerous thing. If you confess, if you said those words, Jesus is Lord, out loud in the wrong company, it could lead to death or ostracism for your, from your family or, or even worse, if you can imagine that. Here today, the risk is different. Your life will change. So many of us, no matter what our life looks like, if it looks like everything we'd hoped it was or nowhere near what we hoped our life would look like, we become comfortable there and we fear change. Jesus offers a change in your life. Now, I can't promise it'll look different when you wake up tomorrow, but I can promise this. If you let him, he will transform you into a new being with a new life full of promise and possibilities. And I can promise you this, your eternity will be secure. The fulfillment of those promises in the first advent, that's what we celebrate tomorrow. The birth of Jesus Christ, that's what I'll celebrate on Christmas morning. Amen? Amen? Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, you are the light of the world and the Prince of Peace that this world so desperately needs. We thank you for coming to earth to die on the cross for our sins so that all who believe in your name might be given peace with the Father and may receive your peace and love into their hearts. I pray that you would shine the light of your love within the hearts of all of those who do not know you. Open the minds of those who are blinded to the truth of your glorious gospel message. I pray that you would draw many into your arms of love and mercy so that they would be made right before God and receive his peace into their hearts at this time so that the good news of great joy that was promised by the angels so many years ago might become their Christmas gift. Grant to all those who know and love you as Savior to be specially blessed this Christmas. And may you draw each one ever closer to your heart of love in a world that's becoming darker so that the light of your truth may shine through us to a world who needs Jesus. Amen. We're going to take communion together now. If on the way in, if you grabbed a communion cup, get that ready. If not, you could raise your hand. Pastor Gabe will bring one around to you. If you want, she'll just bring you one. Now, if you gave, if you gave your heart to Jesus for the first time, congratulations. No matter where you are or when you are, it is the best thing you will ever do in your life. And there is no better way to celebrate that, to cement what you have done by celebrating communion with us. So if you call upon Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this invitation is for you. Take whatever you have representing the body and the blood. The body broken, the blood poured out. Broken to pay the price for our sin once and for all and the bloodshed for the forgiveness of sins. In Matthew 26, 28, Jesus himself said that this blood is poured out for many. 
Now, we tend to think of communion as a singular, as a private exercise. But in fact, the word communion itself does not appear in the original text of the Bible. It's the word koinonia. And koinonia means this. It means sharing in the fellowship of the Spirit. We share in the fellowship of being a part of the body of Christ. And when we take communion, we do it as a body of believers united in our desire to make Jesus Christ the central part of our lives. So we take the body and blood here today as confirmation of our membership in the body of Christ. And if you agree with that, take the body. The blood of Christ poured out for the sins of many. It's not just something that we drink. It is an agreement that we accept the atoning work of Jesus. And if that's you, take the blood. Thank you, Jesus. And Merry Christmas to all of you. Have a blessed evening.